Psalms chapter 66. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best to teach to you what the Lord, I, I had a message that I want to preach this morning, but due to the circumstances of congestion and all, I didn't feel like I would be able to uh, do justice what I felt in my heart. So I want to give to you what I felt Wednesday night, kind of a, a lesson, won't be too long, I don't think. Sometimes things just grow, uh, but always leave room for growth. So uh, Psalms chapter 66, verse number 1, Scripture says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name, make his presence praises glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou! thy works. Though the, through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. It tells us that all the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee or sing unto thee that they shall sing to thy name Selah. You can be seated. The first scripture here says make a joyful noise unto God. All ye lands. That lets me know that God is not nervous. It gets a little loud every once in a while in the house of God. And uh, of course, all of you that likes it quiet, y'all probably really enjoying this this morning. Easy there. So um, you're getting your feel today. Uh, <laughs> but when I'm feeling better, I don't like it quiet. It's not quiet at my house. Trust me. There's always something going on at my house. And uh, when I'm riding down the road, I don't. I always have something going. I don't like it quiet. Very seldom are I just in quiet places. And uh, I like noise, I guess. I like, uh, I don't know. But, but anyway, we, uh, we're serving a God that is not nervous. And what I want to, I want to address this morning, and something that we're all very familiar with, but I, I want to just kind of, uh, I, I want to just kind of give you my feeling, my personal feelings on this situation. And I want to talk to you about pre-service prayer. Pre-service prayer. And this is known as a prayer rooms. I, I feel like a lot of people misinterpret uh, what the prayer rooms are about. Some people misinterpret them because they've never been to one. And uh, it is extremely extremely, extremely important. Church does not start at 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Church starts in the prayer room. It does not start at 7.30 on weeknights. It starts in the prayer room. It must start in the prayer room. It is very important that it starts in the prayer room. Now, there's some misconceptions. I, I believe this is my feelings 
about, <coughs> about this. The Bible does not give us a lot on uh, pre-service prayer. It gives us a lot on prayer and the importance of prayer. And we could never stress enough on the importance of prayer. And I don't want to get into just prayer, but I want to focus on pre-service prayer. That the Bible does not address that, so it is left up to us uh, to address uh, these issues and the importance of these issues and what they are about and what they are for. I, I think there are some misconceptions about uh, prayer room pray. One of, the, one of the major misconceptions about this is the simple fact that it is our personal prayer time. It is not your personal prayer time. This is an added part of your prayer life. And if prayer room is all there is to your prayer life, you need to get a life. And uh, you will not survive and you wonder why you struggle and I can tell you that's the reason why you struggle. When you don't communicate with God, you have no strength with God, and you have no pull with God, and you have no authority with God. So the way that you develop that is by developing a prayer life. A prayer life is so important. But always remember that the prayer room is not your personal prayer time then what is the prayer, pre-service prayer, about? Pre-service prayer uh, is just simply a time of getting in contact with God. I would, I would refer it to a type of, uh, uh, if I could use a type of this, it is uh, when, when you are working, and a lot of you work in chemical plants and different, different situations like that, they have uh, special rooms in case you get a chemical spill or in case you uh, breathe something that you should not be breathing or in case you have an accident, you go to a room and you wash here and you change clothes here and then you wash again and until you get decontaminated from the contamination that has come upon your body. If we could liken the prayer room to this as a place of a, a detox center where we go into to the prayer room and we, we get rid of the things that are distracting us and we get rid uh, of the things that have hindered us through the day and we get rid of the contamination that has contaminated us through the day of just being in, in everyday life. And, and you say, oh, well, we shouldn't do that. Well, walking through a contaminated area, you get contaminated. And we are def definitely living in a contaminated area. This world is contaminated and polluted with sin and ungodliness and unrighteousness. And so we have to have a time before service where we come and we just, we just get ready. You've already got cleaned up, you've changed clothes, and now it's time to get a spiritual man ready for what God is going to do. The reason why, lots of times, that we cannot hit it off 
on the first note. It's not because the power and the glory of God is not in the house. The problem is, is we as a people have not got in contact with God. And we have not made a connection to what God is wanting and desiring to do in that service. It is a time where we make a joyful noise unto God. And uh, the scripture said in Psalms chapter 5, in verse number 11, it says, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. If we are not careful, it becomes a place to where we kneel down and we start telling God all the things that we want. And we start pouring out the desires of our hearts. And nothing wrong with that. But we have to have a special time where we bring our thoughts into captivity. And the prayer room pre-service prayer is not about me. And it's not about you. But it's about Him. And we make it so many times about ourselves. God, I need healing. God, I need deliverance. God, I need this miracle. God, I need a financial. There is time, there's a time and a place for that. But this has to be a time where we come to God and we start getting in the mode that God wants us to be in. And we start getting in channel and in tune. It's kind of like tuning your radio. Well, not any longer, but still you mash a button. But used to you had a knob on those things. And uh, you just, you had to get it just right to get a clear signal. And it's the place where we're getting our spirit just right with God, where we can get that clear note and that certain sound of what God is desiring to do. If I could, if I could use a reference of this, a very carnal, very carnal reference, and, uh, but it is a good reference. We find that the Apostle Paul likened the spiritual walk with God as a race. So uh, he made reference to carnal things describing spiritual things. But, but sports is very popular in the world today, very, uh, a very dominating factor in the world. And, uh, but, but when I, I think about their preparation for a game, and when they gather together, and uh, they're, they're in the huddle or they're in the locker room, they might have a few moments of silence. They might have a few moments of just tuning out and, and just getting their mind relaxed and their body relaxed. But when it gets time, they all get together and they all join in one accord and they all start hooping and they all start hollering and they all start getting excited about what they are going to do to their adversary. Their adversary is on the other side doing the same thing. So many times if we are not very careful, we allow our adversary to build up a resistance to everything that we're going to do and everything that God wants to do. And we are there in our little corner. If you, um, we, we might be kind of like the boxer that was, he was boxing and, and uh, he was pretty much getting it handed to him and the the uh, the uh, other man was kind of working on him, and when he had come back, the bell would ring. He'd go back to his corner, 
and his trainer was patting him and massaging him and giving him the smelling sauce and, and hitting him and telling him, man, keep up, keep up the fight. He has not touched you. Man, you're doing a good job. You're working on him. Keep the faith. Don't, don't give up. Don't quit. Man, everything's going to be all right. You're going to take it. So the bell would ring, and he'd get back out there, and that guy was working his motor over. And he'd come back to the ring, and the trainer would tell him, come on, man, you got it. Man, you worked on him that time. You got him just where you want him. He ain't touched you. So the bell would ring, and he'd go back out there in the ring. Bell would ring, and he'd come back over there. And so the, his eyes were swelled about half shut, and he was staggering, and, and uh, he found his seat, and he sat down, and he looked at the trainer and the trainer. He was seeing two or three trainers at that time. And the trainer said, man, he hadn't touched you. Man, you're doing good. Keep it up. Keep fighting. And the boxer looked through his clouded vision, and he looked at his trainer trying to pick out which one it was. And uh, he said, he ain't touched me. He said, man, he ain't touched you. You working him over. He said, you sure? He hasn't touched me. He said, man, you got it going your way. You're working on him. Don't give up. Don't quit. He said, are you sure he hasn't touched me? He ain't touched you. He said, but next time I get out there, he said, you watch that referee. He said, somebody is beating me to death. <coughs> so, so sometimes we might feel that way, that, that man, he ain't touched you, but somebody is working us over. So what we do in the prayer room, it's not a time of peace and quietness. It's not a time that we come and, and uh, we say, oh, I made it to the prayer rooms. Brother Looper ain't going to preach on me tonight. And we sit there and we think about everything that has gone on through the day. That's just what the devil wants you to do. That's just what the adversary wants you to do. He does not want you focusing on what God has got in store for us. If we could see what God would have for us, we would be excited about what God is going to give us. And, and uh, when I, I think about pre-service prayer, it is a time to get in tune with God. It is a time to get pumped up about what God is going to do in that particular service. And when we come out of the prayer room, how many times... And have, have we come out of the prayer room just straight into the house of God and the presence and the glory of God just automatically is already in the house. Why? It's because you brought it out of pre-service prayer into the house of God. It's not because God has changed. It's not because God wants to do something more today than He wanted to do last weekend but it's because that we have got in the place that we need to be with God where we know what God wants to do and we are able to surrender to God and we're able to move right into the presence of the holiest of holies. Now, I... Excuse me, I'm sorry. But I, I, I think about so many people, oh, oh we, just, we just rush in. And we rush out, we rush through, and we never receive what God has for the church because we never catch a vision of what God wants to do. God's desire is to do something great in every service. 
God's desire is to heal someone in every service. God's desire is to give someone deliverance in every service. God's desire is to fill someone with the Holy Ghost in every service. That's what God wants to do. But we have to put our spiritual man in the place to receive what God wants us to receive. And to be in contact with what God wants us to be in contact with. I have seen, I have seen great things happen in the prayer room. I can remember, I can remember when I, I've, I've always had a love for the prayer room. I guess I've always been extremely loud in the prayer room. And uh, I know, I know sometimes I, I've, the last couple of weeks, it's been about to drive me crazy. This is the reason why this has been on my mind. I hadn't been able to pray like I normally can, and I'm just mumbling, and it's, it feels like a morgue in there to me. I don't know how you men stand it. My Lord, make some noise. If, you, if you're going to go to sleep, at least snore. Do something. But, uh, you know, I, I can remember when I was a young child and uh, praying, our, our prayer rooms was separate. Actually, they were a classroom separate from the church, a totally different building. And uh, the women were there and the men were uh, next to us. And uh, our, next to us, uh, we were there and the women were next to us. Excuse me. But I can remember going into the prayer room. I can remember uh, my, I was not too, bashful or ashamed to pray for what I wanted out loud. I was just screaming to the top of my lungs. And uh, I, I can remember uh, my brother-in-law requesting, would you please call my name a little quieter? And uh, because it was quite embarrassing to him, this little kid in there screaming, God, fill my brother-in-law with the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, but I, I can remember my my grandma commenting on me, I, I could hear you above everybody in there. And uh, I, I don't know, but I, I, I've just always, I've always felt like, man, if we could make just a little more push. And I, I, I have never been quite satisfied with just the status quo. I've never been quite satisfied with just where I'm at. I want more. I want more of God. I want more of what God wants us to have. And I, I can remember, I was probably, uh, I, I don't know, probably about eight years old, but I can remember it just like it was yesterday. Not very many times did I miss out on a pre-service prayer. And uh, I can remember we were in um, revival with Steve Fender, and a lot of y'all remember him, and uh, it was we were having a great move of God, and I can remember that we were in the prayer room, and uh, we were praying. I mean, the men. I mean, it was just there was never there was never never a time where the women would out pray the men. Just thought I'd drop that on you, men. And if the women are out praying you, shame on you. You want to be the leader? You want to be Mr. Macho? Learn how to lead your family in prayer. That's right. Anyway, but anyway, I can remember, I can remember being in the prayer room 
and uh, there was an eight-foot fluorescent light bulb. You know, everybody know what an eight-foot fluorescent light bulb is? And it was leaning up in the corner. There was a block wall on one end, and there was a carpeted floor on the other end, and it was just propped up. Somebody had been changing light bulbs and had an extra one, or, or either it was burnt out. I don't remember, but it was leaning there in the corner. And I can remember the men gathering in there and praying. And I mean, when when it, it was just amazing that that the men really started bearing down on it. It really started. When I say bearing down, it really got loud. People was a shouting. People was a dancing. People was speaking in tongues. People was screaming. People were crying. People were clapping. And when they'd really get loud, that light bulb would light up just like it was in a light fixture. I mean, it would get bright from one end to the other. Now, you think I'm crazy. I've seen it with my own eyes. And there's a bunch more people that's seen it. And uh, it would quieten down. That light would go out. It would get fired back up, man, and you could just feel the surge. And that light bulb would light up again. I mean, from one end to the other. That night, I can remember, you say, oh, what does that have to do with the power of God? I'm going to make a point here in just a minute. Just hang on. That night, we went into church. And I can remember this because I have been told over and over again, but I can remember it because I was there also. And um, I can remember Brother, Brother Fender preaching. And uh, when he got through preaching, he said, the first four people that walk up here to this front God's going to give them the Holy Ghost tonight. There was two people in the church that had been seeking the Holy Ghost for years that had never got the Holy Ghost. They were quiet. They were backward. They, they kind of, you know, would seek God kind of on their conditions and terms. And they jumped up and walked up front. And I can remember my daddy uh, saying this later. He said, well, revival's about to be over. <laughs> <laughs> because he's done said the wrong thing because these two people, I don't have much faith in them getting the Holy Ghost. And then two more walked up. And so he said, I'm telling you, said the first four people that walk up here is going to get the Holy Ghost. For them, two and two more come up. And uh, everybody in the church, it was kind of like a holy hush went over the crowd. And he didn't know what was going on. He wasn't aware that they were as we would say, chronic seekers. And uh, so he went up and he just prayed for them. The first one fell out and started speaking in tongues. Prayed for the next one. That one fell out and started speaking in tongues. Prayed for the next one. All four of them started speaking in tongues and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you say, what that had to do with the light bulb? It's pre-service prayer is what, what got that accomplished. It was not the fact that we all just run in there and decided we wanted to have church. It's because what was going on in the next building before church started. The next night, we went to the prayer room again. And, of course, it was testified and verified in church what had happened. So everybody was wanting to be there the next night and watch, just be in the prayer room and see what was going to happen. So, man, I mean, it was packed out in there. You couldn't get another person in the in the uh in the, the Sunday or the, the classroom. And when that light bulb was still there in the corner, 
And I'm telling you, God is my witness. It makes chills go with me just thinking about it. That when people would start really bearing down, I mean people just pray, but nothing happened. But when they'd really get excited and start shouting and screaming, and all of a sudden, that light bulb light up. My daddy said, man, we got a bad short in here. He goes and gets the light bulb and moves it to the other corner of the room. And he steps back and he watches it. And it gets quiet. But when everybody starts bearing down on it again, that light bulb just light up. An eight-foot fluorescent light bulb. And Daddy went and got it. He said, man, there's a short all over this building. He didn't want nobody to touch the walls. And he moved it to another one. Plywood, our, our paneling, and, and uh, a carpeted floor with concrete under the carpet. And they started praying, and that light bulb lit up again. He moved it to all four corners. The fourth corner, they started praying, and I mean it got powerful. Everybody was excited, man, just to watch the light bulb light up. You didn't want to pray just to watch the light bulb. And man, I mean everybody got to praying. And when everybody got to praying so loud and so forceful, the glory of God was so strong, that light bulb lit up and exploded. There was people around it. There was people right up next to it. There was people everywhere. Did not cut one person. Nobody got cut, but it exploded that light bulb. Now, I know some of you are saying, right, I seen it. I know. You can you can try to convince somebody that was not there. I was there. I know what happened. I can remember it. When I closed my eyes, I can see that light bulb. It would start trickling at the bottom, and it would go to the top, and then it would completely light up just like it was in a socket. And I, 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 I've never forgotten that. But the point that I want to make is when everybody was passing, when everybody was just sitting there, when everybody was saying, oh, I love you, Jesus. You are so great. Oh, God, do something good for us today. Nothing would happen. But when everybody got excited and everybody got together and everybody got enthused about what God was going to do and started rejoicing about what God is going to do, not what God has done, but what God is going to do in the service. That's when the power would come. And I want to tell you, when we learn the importance of when we gather in the prayer room to get together and start rejoicing over what God is going to do. When I think about the children of Israel, God had a plan for them in the battle of Jericho. And his plan was to march around the city. And when they began to march around the city, they were completely quiet. All you could hear was the stomping of the feet. All you could hear every once in a while was a priest blowing on ram's horn. All you could hear was just the noise of people walking. No sound was coming from their mouth. No praise was coming from their mouth. No form of emotion was going forth, just walking. And then the seventh time, on the seventh day, God said march around the city. They marched around seven times. On the seventh time, then Joshua turned and he said, Shout, 
for the Lord had given you the seed. Nothing happened. Was all of that necessary? Yes, it was necessary because it was the plan that God had. But nothing happened until they began to shout for what, not what God had done, but for what God was going to do. And if I tell you, if we would come together, ladies and men, in the prayer rooms and start rejoicing and get our mind and our spirits into captivity to what God is going to do. And it's not about me. And it's not about you. But it's about God and rejoicing. We make church all about us. And it's a place where we come to magnify and lift up and glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, if you want nothing to happen, put nothing in. No deposit, no return. You can come and you can go through the motions and absolutely nothing. Or you can come with a mindset that I'm going to get into with God. I'm going to, I'm going to get to the place that I need to be with God. I'm going to get to the place where it don't take me half of the service to get right where I can receive what God wants me to receive. Pre-service prayer is so important. His purity and God's holiness. It's a time where God in all of His purity and all of His holiness is going to look down from His holy place and say, I'm going to go dwell with man just for a few moments. I'm going to go bless man for just a little bit. I'm going to go be with man this night. I'm going to have a good time with man in my house tonight. And when we get excited about seeing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, you can't, you can't pray quiet. I know there's a time where there's quiet times with God and there's a quiet time to pray with God where you're praying about private things that you want everybody to know. But that's not a time in the prayer room. Pre-service prayer is about the service. It's about getting yourself right. It's about getting in the mode that God wants to use. It's about applying yourself to be putty in the hand of God. It's about getting to the place where God's glory just comes down. How do we know that God is in the house? Because we bring God with us to the house. This is just a building. But God is here because we are the children of God. And when the children of God gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, He said, I'm going to be in the midst of them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. God, I pray, Lord, that you would let this go down deep in our hearts and in our spirits today. Help us to understand the importance of what we're doing in the prayer room. Help us, God, to have a desire to go to the prayer room. Help us, God, to have a desire to get connected with you. God, to get in the place where you can use us, where you can strengthen us, God, where you can do what you so desire to do in your house. Help us today, God. Why, why, don't, we just, why don't we just take a moment and pray that God would renew that zeal 
that He would renew that fire, that He would renew that excitement. If there's ever a place we are to shout, it's in the presence of God. If there's ever a place where we are to worship, it's in the prayer room. If it's ever a place where we are to get excited, it's in prayer with God. If there's a place where we ever are to get in tune, it's in, it's in the house, in the prayer room, talking to God. Help us today. Let's all stand across this building right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Help us today. Holy Ghost, why don't you let God talk to you today? Why don't you make a new commitment? God, I'm going to be faithful to pre-service prayer. I don't have God, I'm going to renew my to dedication and my prayer life with you. But oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love to Communion do with God. If it's praise that you Visiting love, with God. Lord, I'll praise oh, you a fresh touch from you, Lord. Help from you, Jesus. In your name. And if it's praise you love. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to praise you. Do you feel that you've been doing all you can? Do you feel that you've been giving God your very best? Do you feel that you've done everything that you possibly can in promoting a move of God? I don't have much if to not, offer you. If not, why don't you start you, moving closer to God? Why don't you make a commitment this we morning? All can do God, I'm going to take my children to the prayer room. That you love, Lord, the reason I'll why some of you don't know how to pray in the prayer room is because that you had parents that failed in teaching and you. If it's the reason how I know is because of my daddy, because of my grandma, because of the brothers in the church that said, this is the way you do it. This is the way the job gets done. How do you know how to drive a nail? Because somebody took the time and showed you. I want some of our older men my generation has lost the art of praying. Pre-service prayer. Oh, it's just a hit and a miss. It's not that important. Some of our older men, please don't quit screaming and crying out to God. This church needs you. Man, my age and younger needs direction. It should be the noisiest place in the church. Hallelujah. God's trying to talk to somebody right now. Our elderly women, please don't quit crying out to God. Please don't quit making a joyful noise in the prayer room. Our younger women need to know how to touch God. We've got to find the old path 
the old art of getting in tune with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about height. It's about the glory. It's not about I'm just screaming to make a noise. No, it's about making a joyful noise unto God and getting the presence of God to come down and dwell in our midst. I don't have Why don't we take just a moment? I I beg of you right now. Come on, church. Let's let's touch God. God's trying to talk to someone's soul today. Daddies, you've got to teach your children. Mamas, you've got to teach your little girls. And if it's praise that you love. Oh, hallelujah. Not the emotional type. I'm not the one to get excited. Let me tell you, it just depends on what's going on. There is things that will make you emotional. There is things that you will get excited about. But I want to get excited about God. I want to get excited about what God is doing. Praying is what's going to bring revival. Praying is what's going to bring your children back to the house of God. Praying is what's going to produce miracles. The scripture said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. But praise is something. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is important what you do, men. You are the spiritual leader of your household. Teach your boys how to pray. If it's praise that you love, Lord, I'll praise you. 